have your Bibles with you this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn to a place that, that I know most likely you have visited time and time before, but we're going to be in the book of James. As I studied a little bit this week and, and, and did some things and, uh, and, 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 I, and I seen something on, uh, on, the, on the TV that, that touched me a sight. I watched a movie, and, and I'll go ahead and tell it to you because I, the Lord's not done with this by no means. Uh, I told the men about it this morning and, and how it hurt me just to watch it, but I had to watch it just, just so I would know. And the name of the movie was this, The Life's Temptation of Christ. If you have an opportunity to watch it, don't. It, it's, it's not what we as His children believe in. Yes, it does depict some aspects of what we believe but it gives more attention to what we don't believe than anything and because of that I, it's, it's got me in a place to where I, I need to search myself just like all of you need to and just see where we're at in our standing in the eyes of the Lord where you stand in your faith today uh, the title of the message this morning, Brother Chris, is simply this. Uh, how important is your faith? Well, uh, we were singing that song this morning, God on the Mountain, how it talks about faith. And, and, and because of that faith, uh, you can believe that, that the God on the Mountain is still the one in the valley. Uh, the one of the good times is the one of the bad times. Uh, what we need to understand is we have got to have that saving faith. Now, the scripture I'm going to read here, we're going to be in the uh, second chapter of the book of James, and it talks about faith that works. And, and there's been mighty, uh, a great many arguments over this next verses that I'm about to read uh, about what it does and what it means and what it stands for and, and what it and, and what you got to have and what you don't got to have. And that is what I want to get into this morning. I want to get into the importance of faith because without faith, we can't believe. I, I believe that. I, I think that's what faith stands for. And, and I hope and pray that you feel the same way. Uh, it ain't my doctrine. I don't, I don't want to call this doctrine. I want to say that's what I believe, okay? Uh, and if you believe the same thing, praise God, we're on the same page. If not, you have your reasons. But I believe, to be able to believe, we've got to have faith. We, in our everyday walk of life, when you get in your automobile every day, if you don't have faith or you don't believe you're going to make it home, you're not going to get in that car. You're not going to get behind that wheel. Because you're afraid something's going to happen. Now, grant you, Brother Dean, uh, I'm not one of these that will jump out of a perfectly good airplane uh, with a little old canvas net that, that gathers air when it goes down that keeps you from hitting the ground so hard. I'm not one of those that will, that will jump out of an airplane. I don't, I th that's a different kind of faith. Uh, I think they call that ignorant faith. Because yeah. <laughs> I ain't jumping out of no good, no good airplane. It's all I can do to get on one that's running good, let alone jump out of one. But still, nevertheless, it's faith. You've got to believe God's got this. When we come to church this morning, uh, we come and we go through and do this 
mostly the same things time after time. Sometimes we mix it up, but we got to have faith and we got to believe that God's going to touch His people. We're here for a reason. It's not to grow that much knowledgeable in knowing Christ. I know everybody here in this building this morning knows Christ from the free part of the sin, maybe for just for a couple of young ones that one day I hope and pray that they'll, they'll get to that point. One of them's getting pretty close today. I believe that with all my heart. I've seen him sing it up here this morning. And I know he's going through the process of being a child of God. Amen. And he's going through the process of knowing that there is something different. There is something that, that God has planned for his people. But it's a process we've got to go through to get to that point of our life. And that's redeemed the salvation of our Heavenly Father. But without our faith, we can't do that. We got to believe. We got to believe that in the scriptures that God created heaven and earth. We got to have that. We got to have that belief. We got to believe that Christ went to the cross for our sins. We got to believe that. But without faith, we can't believe it. So if you would stand in reading of reverence of God's word, we're going to begin reading in the 14th verse. And I know most of you already knew that. And probably read the rest of the chapter. Now, if you're not able to stand, that's okay. God knows that. Uh, don't put yourself out. But if you can, let's give him reverence just one more time. It reads in the 14th verse of the second chapter of the book of James. It, scripture says this. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warm and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things that are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wroth with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believeth God, and it was imputed upon him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by, by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise, also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers, and have sent down an, another way? For as the body without spirit is dead... So faith without works is dead also. Father, thank you for your scripture that your brother James written. I thank you so much that we can apply it to our lives and, and just help us grow as, as children of God and Christians and in our belief and followers of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray and amen. The argument today, most a lot of people, says that you can't have faith without works. And your works ain't no good without faith. Well, that's sort of a double-edged sword, if you would. And, 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 and both of them have their place in our life as Christians. Because we can't be a Christian without faith. Well, I and mean, that, that's a fact. The, the, the more our faith exists, the more we believe in, in what God can do for us and what He will do for us, it's, it's, it's a whole lot better toward to us. The weaker our faith, 
the weaker we are. I believe that with all my heart. There's been so many of us in this church that go through things that, that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. But because of our faith, we were able to get through the valleys, if you would. Now, let me tell you something. When we was on the mountain, I still had that same faith. But it is really tested and put to the test when you're down in the valley. And that's just the way it is. And I think that's what the whole thing of this faith is all about. Let me tell you, he tells us that if we, if we know somebody that's hungry and destitute and didn't have no clothes, and, and you sent them off and didn't give them none of the things they needed, what good was that faith that you had and what you believe in if you didn't have the faith and the hope to help them people. So as an example, faith without works is dead. That's, that's a pretty good saying, I believe. Uh, I can't hear good. I'm, not, I'm not putting my thought onto you. I'm just trying to get you to see one has to have the other. One has to have the other. Without the cross, there ain't no blood. Without the blood, there ain't no salvation. Without the salvation, there ain't no tomb. So we've got to understand, church, we've got to have one for the other. Now, now listen, there is so many of us today in today's world that, that, that claims to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. Praise the Lord. That's, that's what I want to hear. But let me tell you something. What does that look like on paper? Does your faith justify what's written down on that piece of paper? Whatever it is may be written. Now, we know that that, that if we're saved by the marvelous grace of God and we believe in Christ and what He did for us and if we confess with our mouth, we can be saved. And that can be it. And I believe that. Once our name's written in the Lamb's book of life, it's there. There's no powerful enough eraser to get rid of it. I believe that. But how much better life would you live if you took that and, and, you, and you use that signature that's, that's in that book to justify your life and how you lived it? Or how would you just people, let's, let's look at that name and don't mean nothing to them. Uh, you know, like I said earlier this morning, uh, it's what we leave behind what matters, not what we've done here on earth. Uh, let me tell you something. The, the best of the best, uh, if you're not showing people your faith in our Heavenly Father and, and, and sh trying to show the world what He did, what He meant for us, and what He done for us, it don't mean nothing if we're not showing it. Ray talked this morning in Sunday school uh, uh, when, when, when God told them that, they, that, that nobody could hide from them. And, and we got to talk about nobody's hiding no more these days. The people that's hiding is those that's been saved by the marvelous grace of God. It's those backslitters here this morning that's hiding. Them's the ones that's hiding, not the ones that don't believe in our Heavenly Father or don't have anything to do with Jesus Christ. Those that, 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 that know that doeth good and doeth not, to them is a sin. Them are the ones that's hiding. And why are they hiding? Are they ashamed? Probably. Are they going less to heaven than I am? Uh, no, we're all going to get there the same way because they believe like I believe. So those are people that's hiding these days that think they can hide from God. But the, the, the outcome of all we talked about this morning is simply this. We can't hide from God. There, there ain't nowhere in, in this place that God created in the mountains or the valleys or the oceans or sea or, or lakes or wherever you want to hide. Not even your closet can you go that you can hide from God. Why is that? Because God's right here. Gene, he's right here in our heart. And, and if you don't have God in your heart, yes, you can hide from him because he don't know you. Oh, get behind thee, Satan. I don't know you. In the last temptation of Christ, when I was watching that, I thought about 
uh, when did Satan come on the scene? You know, most Christians today uh, uh, connect Satan with the New Testament, if you would, uh, where Jesus was tempted on the mountain. Amen? Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you a reality check, can I? Satan was here from the beginning. Oh, he was in that garden with Adam and Eve. Oh, the temptation that he, that he put upon them too as a couple. God knew when he walked away that morning what was about to happen. And he knew the outcome it was going to be. And he knew that one day he would have to sacrifice his son to pay for that price of sin that Adam and Eve made that very day. He knew that. But he still went through with it. So don't have the mindset that, that Satan's only here today. He's been on the scene for forever. Since the time of creation. And, and let me tell you something. And even though we've read the book and we know how all this turns out and we're winners no matter what happens, he's still going to do his utmost best to broaden the boundaries of hell in every way that he can. And anybody that he can reach and grab hold of and, and, and tempt them in the way that he tempted Adam and Eve and the way he tempted Christ up on the mountain the way he tempts us when we're at our weakest point and we're backsliders and we fall from his grace when he tempts us with that that's when the rubber meets the asphalt that's, right. Amen. Amen. that's the ones that's hiding today yeah. those that know Jesus yeah, that's right. but see that temptation that, that old Satan has given him he's got him. He's got them. Well, no, now, Pastor, that's not right. Uh, they're going to heaven. I didn't say they weren't going to heaven. I said he's got them. Do you know the best mouthpiece for Satan today, Brother Dean, is a Christian, those that believe in God, because he can sway them in their belief and do things that ain't God-like. And he, he can tempt them through all the temptations of the world. If they'll just fall prey, he can use them to do his work. Now, Pastor, that's not so. Look, open them doors, just look out. Look out. Our world today ain't so much are hiding from God. Our world today don't believe in Him. It's not being taught to our children. It's not being taught to our grandchildren. It's not being taught to our great-grandchildren. Solomon writes in Proverbs, train your child when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, you think Charlie ain't listening. <laughs> But see, he looked up and I called his name. Yeah. He's a listener. Oh, yeah. And sometimes he, he might get out of a little place and Aiden might too. But that's okay. I don't pay no attention to them yahoos. I know they're doing what they're having to do. One day, God's going to hear them. Amen. And one day, he's going to touch the heart of them little fellers. And if it be his will, they're going to be saved by the marvelous grace of God. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Because they was trained. That's not going on a lot today. We're not training our, our grandchildren. You know, I, I know we all wish we could do better and we, and we had done better. I would like to turn back the clock 40 years, Brother Ronnie, and redeem the mistakes that I've made throughout my life. And the one biggest one in my life is simply this. I wouldn't worry. I wasn't there tonight. My son got saved. And I can't go back on that, Ronnie. But I went ahead and carried a torch to my grandchildren. And I pray that if they have children, if I'm still around here, I can carry that torch for them, knowing that because Christ paid that price for us. And the temptation that he went through while he was here on this earth, 
knowing that we only get a, a little bit of it. We, we're, not, we're not told of what Christ all went through. You know, from the ages of 12 to, 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 to he started his ministry in 30, we really don't know what happened in that time frame. And that, that aggravates me. Uh, Ronnie, you're a scholar just like a lot of us here today. We study the Bible. Ronnie's told us many times, uh, just don't read the Bible for what it's worth. Research it, study it, know what you're reading because one day you're going to have to discern right from wrong. And if you don't know the difference between right and wrong, how are you going to do it? Right. Now, Gretchen, I, I, Mel knows this. I didn't put a lot of stock in that when I was in school about learning, but I'm catching up. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken me maybe twice as long, but I'm catching up. I told Tim Inkelbarger, that's Tim, you got to understand, I've missed a lot of time in the house of the Lord. So I've got some catching up to do. And Dean, till God takes me to this earth, I'll never get caught up. Never. Because I've got work to do. He's placed all of us in a position to stand in the forefront for our children. When I say our children, I mean the children. And tell them who Christ is. That's what we got to do. That's what, we, that's what He wants us to do. Because... If we don't have faith, and if, and if we don't have the works that goes along with that faith, and if that works is telling somebody about Jesus Christ and how good your life can be if you put your trust and faith in Him, if you don't believe in that, what good is your faith without works? The Bible tells us about Abraham sacrificing Isaac. Can you imagine putting yourself in Abraham's shoes as, you, as he was taking him up that mountain? Knowing what he was fixing to do, and Paul, Isaac was as dumb as a lamb. Had no idea what was going on. But Abraham did. Put yourself in Abraham's shoes. How hard could that have been for us? Could we have done it? No. Let's be truthful. That's going to be a lie in church. That's that adding insult to injury. We couldn't have done it. But Abraham had faith. And without the works that he was trusted in God and what he was appointed to do that very day, God was testing him because of his faith. Now how many times does God test us because of our faith? We may not see it, but you need to know it. That every single day of our lives, God tests us in everything that we do from, from our jobs, where we go to work, from where we go to church, or wherever you do in your lifestyle. God tests us each and every day. But without faith, we can't believe. And we got to have belief. we got to have that belief that, that Christ went to the cross for us. And we got to believe like it reads in Romans that if we'll just confess with our mouth and believe with our hearts that on that third day Christ rose from the tomb. If we believe that and through Him and Him only that we can all gather in heaven one day for eternity, if we have faith and believe in that, we're heaven bound. Your faith is, is justified through our works. But if we don't do nothing, how bad does that look? That's just like sitting around playing a guitar without no strings. Yeah, you're playing a guitar, but you ain't making no noise. You might get a pat or two every once in a while, but that's it. He writes in the 17th verse, says, Even so, faith... If it not have works as dead, being alone, yeah, a man might say, though he has faith and I have works, show me your faith without thy works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. We all can say that. You all know somebody. 
of how their lifestyle, and I know there's so many in this church this morning that has family members and stuff that, that we wish was in church, and we pray each and every day, and how much better they would be if we would just start working for the Lord. How much easier to be in their lives, and how much more peace, I, that's what I'm looking for, peace, that we acquire. So you acquire that through faith if you just believe. If you believe that going to God in prayer, if you believe that, that He answers prayers, He answers prayers. But He tells us we have not because we ask not. And we we'll do that because we ask amiss. In other words, we ask Him without our hearts not in it. Why would we do that? Puts the mind of a man won't go up to another man and say, I don't guess you need no help, D, when he's looking for a job. Right. No, Dean, you don't do that. <laughs> Start with, you've already refused it before you've asked it. Yeah. And I've seen that happen. I've had people come up to me and say, uh, are you superintendent here? Yeah. I don't guess you need no help, D. Yeah. No, right. don't reckon I do. <laughs> and they just walk away. Yeah. Without our faith, we can't do what we do. We can't live for our Heavenly Father. We can't believe. We can't bless others because through our faith, because of the works that we show the world for what we do for other people and for those that we love, that shows people that faith has works. And our works without our faith is dead. Do you need that to go to heaven? No, you don't. You don't. You've got your salvation. But I sure wish you'd be riding first class with me when we go. And that's what God wants out of his people. That's right. Bless you, Lord. When Rahab hid the messengers, when Joshua got word to them to hide them, she was justified by her works. And I know you've read that in, in, in Joshua when, when they was looking for them the measures that they sent out, because of what Rahab did, she justified her place in heaven. Now, James demands that, that our faith must be demonstrated to be real. I'm, I'm, I've got a little James in me. I like to see people's faith. In other words, I like to see them out here doing what God will want them to do, not sitting back on... Uh, uh, sitting back to the house or, or, not, or, or not going to church or not living your life for Jesus. Just because you don't live your life for Jesus don't mean you ain't been saved. It ain't got nothing to do with that. What that means is you don't live your life for Jesus. You're getting something for nothing. Ain't that how the world is, church? Don't, 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 don't the world today want something for nothing? Isn't that what our society is? So... Those that's been saved by God's grace and His mercy and through the salvation, those that's been saved, and that's it. Sure does make it hard on the church. Believe this or not, people, the church needs each and every one of you. Without you, we don't exist. We don't, Carolyn. We don't, Mama. We don't exist without that you. You can have church without a pastor. That's, I'm just a mouthpiece from, from here to there, all I am. 
Anybody can spread God's word if people listen. You have any idea how many messengers of God I've got here in this sanctuary today? More than one. But because of my works, my faith is stronger. It is. Because for as a body without spirit is dead, a church without spirit is dead. I'm not stepping out of line, I don't think. If the Holy Spirit's not in our church, where are we? I'll let you answer that. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say that he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? I'm asking you. Mamma, as you come to piano, it's, it's, we'll play a song of invitation. I want to leave that with you. Can faith save you? I'm going to go ahead and show you my answer. <laughs> and I don't want nobody to copy it either. Yes. Because you got to believe that Christ paid that price. That's the works. But stand if you would. What a blessing it is to know. You know, the Apostle Paul looked at faith this way. Faith is faith. That's how Apostle Paul looked at it. Now, grant you, one of the greatest apostles that God struck down on that road to Damascus. And the good that the Apostle Paul done in, in, in setting forth the churches, we'll never be able to pay him for. Our, our message today, most of them come from, from Paul's writings and knowing that through the pain that he went through, we suffered the same pain. Believe it or not, somewhere all of us have been struck down. Someday. And I don't know when your time was, but I know when mine was. And you'd be surprised how good you can see once you get all the grime wiped from your eyes. Yeah. Right. I had faith. Right. Just like we all got faith here today. Yeah. I still look back at Ginger and I miss that, miss that little lady sitting beside of her. She's not struggling no more. God bless her heart. She's in the presence of her Lord. Yeehaw. How good that is. You know, one day we'll be there. Carly, you ain't going to have no more pains. You're going to leave all this behind. That's right. That's right. Kathy's eyesight will be 20-20 or 40-40 or 80-80, whatever it is, the best you can be. Maybe she can be my driver, Ronnie. going to have a glorified body, Gene. I'm banking on that. I'm banking on it. But until we get to that point, here's what we need to do. Serve Jesus. Take what he's shown and given and taught and apply it to his people. Ray talks about all the time how, how, how he's talked to people after they know Jesus. Talked of his precious granddaughter or Carolyn's one from New York. He touched her heart this week. Ray asked her 
she still reads her Bible. She said, I don't have it. It's still up in the attic or upstairs or wherever it was at their house. So I pretty much answered that question. But as Bray took her to the airport this morning, her suitcase was a little bit heavier. She had her Bible with her. Now, she may not attend church like she needs to, but Ray sowed a seed. And it fell on good ground. And it took hold. Who knows what this is going to lead to? It may not lead to nothing, but it got her that far. What would God ask from us? What can we do to just make a little difference? Call your friends. Check on them. The ones that you love, check on them. Those who have been sick and ill and, and it continues to still get sick and ill, check on them. Because the world ain't. If you get sick, call somebody and let them know. <clears throat> Good to have her with us. Do you need to come pray this morning? We've already, we've already come to the throne of grace and we've humbled ourselves. And, and I know he's lifted us up this morning. But the Bible says in front of that, and Mikey t- said this uh, last Sunday, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Yeah. In other words, get closer to him. Dean, get closer to God. And if you'll do that, he'll get closer to you. And He'll allow you to do whatever you will through His name. What a good spirit we've had here this morning. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole.